This is Simmering Thoughts with host Ryan Akers, where we lift the lid and sample slow-cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. We hope you will take the time to send us feedback about what you think about this episode and our past episodes. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Simmer Thoughts. On Instagram, you can also find us at simmeringthoughts.podbean.com. You can also find us on many podcast catchers. Please, if you could, take the time to rate and review us as well. Thank you for listening. Settle in and enjoy. Welcome back to Simmering Thoughts. My name is Ryan Akers, and I am the host of this program. Along with me today, guest hosting, is a friend of mine that uh, I've gotten to know through Twitter, through Facebook, and in real life. Not only have I gotten to meet him and shake his hand, I actually got to visit his house and was quite blessed by him as well in the process. And that is Alan Nelson IV, better known throughout the internets as Quattro. And for those of you who know him, he is a very fine man, a good scholar, and an even better brother. And I want to welcome Alan to the program. I will probably call him Quattro for the rest of the time, just so everybody knows and doesn't get confused. He is a pastor in central Arkansas, and I'll let him kind of expand on that in a little while. And he is also an author of a recently released book called From Death to Life. And it talks about salvation, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we go. But Alan, want to say welcome, and uh, feel free to introduce yourself any more that you'd like to. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. Thank you uh, for having me on, and it's good to get to know you. Uh, Twitter has its many vices, but it also has some good things. And um, one of those good things is that we got to connect, and as you say, uh, get uh, to know each other a little better over the summer. So grateful to be on and I pastor here in central Arkansas, a Southern Baptist church. I have a wife of 12 years and we have five children. And uh, that's, uh, I guess, a, a pretty decent introduction. If there's something else that comes up, I guess I can talk about that more uh, as we go on. That'll work. That'll work. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is I've had the opportunity. There aren't a whole lot of the folks that are going to be able to be guests on here that I can say I've had the opportunity to worship alongside of them, but uh, in going to visit Alan on the way to SBC convention this summer, I was able to spend the night at his house and go to church with him Sunday morning, and that was quite a blessing to be able to uh, know that I was going somewhere where I knew the word was going to be taught well. You know, sometimes you go to a church and you just don't know. It may say SBC on the door, it may something say something else on the door, and you just don't know. It might be that they have a, a guest speaker that morning or whatever, and, and knowing that... Uh, as you visit, that there's going to be the word preached well is a, a blessing. And then to be able to, to enjoy fellowship as well in the process added to that was a, a blessing. So I do want to say an extra thank you for that uh, as we get started this this evening or whenever it is anybody else is listening. Uh, so well, thank as, you, Ryan. I oh, you're welcome. That. As we get into uh, the topic for this evening, Alan's book, uh, as we said earlier, centers on salvation it's the the point of the book is talking about what is salvation from death to life and we've been uh we're getting into our third episode now here on simmering thoughts discussing seasons in the life of a believer different things that happen as a christian goes through the steps of their life 
Uh, and we want to look at salvation in particular, and we're going to kind of start with an almost outside look at salvation as we are watching someone close to us or someone we're witnessing to, or uh, even somebody in our own family as they're feeling the draw of the Lord, as they're in the word and as they're asking questions, as they're seeking out what's going on, what are some things we can do, Alan, that, that will help support them in the process to help point them to Christ, to help, um, not necessarily try to force them into conversion, but what are some things we can do some to support? Maybe even what, what are some of the drawbacks or things that we need to be aware of, the potholes, you might say, that could pop into the situation uh, that we need to be aware of as we walk through that season with somebody else? Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me start with just a tad bit of background uh, on the book. Um, you know, I, I appreciate Free Grace Press publishing it and uh, as you said, it's called From Death to Life, and really what we're trying to do is wrestle with, uh, I, I say the ordo salutis, but if you don't, if, some, if, if a listener doesn't understand what that means, it just means the order of salvation. What is that, uh, how does that work? And so we want to be very clear up front, and I know that you agree with this, that, that you know, regeneration is an instantaneous thing, like someone is not halfway regenerated, and, um, and, and, and so, you know, so, so what you and I are communicating here is not that a regeneration is a slow process, but I even mentioned this in the book. There have been men in church history um, that come to the top of my head. One is John Bunyan. Uh, the other is David Brainerd. I think I actually mentioned both of them in the book. And uh, they, they sort of had, as you have mentioned here, sort of a season of um, – where where they came to Christ. Not that regeneration is a uh, a process, but what what happens is we we've kind of made decision. We we have decisionism or decisionalism, where we've made the decision the pinnacle. And so what we really want to do is press people into a prayer, and then see them uh, and and then call them a Christian. But oftentimes what happens in a person's life is they don't immediately hear the gospel and then are saved. Oftentimes what happens is they uh, hear the gospel, maybe they're under conviction, maybe they have the opportunity um, where they think they're going to choose Christ, but they end up even worse than they were. I was talking to a brother recently who was sharing a testimony about sharing the gospel with this lady, and then all of a sudden she just fell off the deep end. Um, because in essence what happened is the gospel confronts us with a, with a choice, of are we going to follow Christ as king, or are we going to follow the world and ourselves? And oftentimes what you do is see someone go the uh, the other way. So all that doesn't answer your question, but it kind of sets up the background. Is yeah. that fair, you think? Absolutely, very fair. And I think it's important yeah. for us to do it. Yeah, okay. So, so then here's what I would say. Um, I think there are different avenues you can take on a person who's in this state, um, so to speak. Uh, from our perspective, we don't really know uh, if possibly some people that some people are truly converted. Like it might be that someone's wrestling with salvation, but in reality, um, they've actually already been converted. They've actually truly trusted Christ. They're just still wrestling with it. And so uh, for that person, they understand the gospel. They understand repentance and faith. They're just confused maybe on, on what I do, what I do. And, and, you know, for that person, you just continue to, to look at the Word together. 
continue to, to meet with them, continue to read Scripture together, continue to, as best you can, biblically define what these words mean, repentance and faith. And for that person, it may come later that they say, oh, yes, they, okay, I am a Christian, right? And uh, we get so worried about, yeah, but you need to know it was March 3rd at 1245. That, that's when you became a Christian. But honestly, Ryan, that does happen sometimes. But you and I both know that's not always, it doesn't always happen. That way. Well, that's my own testimony is I, I was quite young. And I don't remember even exactly how old I was because I don't remember it not being true. And there have been so many things, major events in my life temporally that have distorted my sense of time and how old I was. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm a little fuzzy on that part of my life just because so many things have replaced a lot of the memories I have at that time. And, but I remember distinctly recognizing my sinfulness and recognizing mm-hmm. that there is a savior and recognizing that, that I needed to be saved and that there's only one savior. There's a, there's only one and to Amen. place my Amen. trust in Christ and, um, and then to speak with my parents and my pastor and be baptized and that desire to be baptized mm-hmm. and to announce it. I remember those things distinctly. Do I remember what year it was. No, thankfully we have Bibles that we wrote such, such things down in where I kind of have an Mm -hmm. idea, but I don't remember. I seem to remember it was this Bible, but my brother died and his Bible and my Bible were very similar. And I can't remember which one survived all the moves that we did. you know, so it's, there's a lot of this fuzziness on the date, but I don't, the date doesn't matter because the fact of the matter is I know there's this great redeemer and I know I have a great need of a great redeemer and in faith, he will redeem me. And uh, yeah. I trust yeah. in that. And and we're kind of walking through that with my son right now. Um, he's been not necessarily asking questions about the gospel because we talk about it a lot. And we listen to a ton of podcasts while we drive to different places. And of course, listen to quite a bit of, of Christian music. And so we're talking about the gospel regularly and we're in church and and as we ask and, and as we go through that, he's asked several times um, things about baptism and things about faith that have caused us to, to go into deeper conversation about it. And uh, I have confidence that there's faith there. I don't think mm-hmm. he realizes what it is yet. And I, I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure that he understands the depth of what his faith really is and he's coming to that Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And I think that, you know, as we say, regeneration and and then conversion, these are, these are instantaneous things and and conversion is tied to regeneration. You're not regenerated one day and then five years down the road, you repent and believe the gospel. So Mm these, these are instantaneous things. However, um, you don't, like we said, you don't always point back and say, okay, it was here. And I think a biblical example would be uh, so. So we do have examples like Paul, uh, who who could certainly say this is when I was converted. But then we have examples like from First John when when John tells us how do we know if we're believers? He doesn't say go look at a date that you wrote down. He says things like First John three fourteen. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love the brothers. 
Yes. And so, um, so it's so, 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 and so, and like, I have another instant, you know, I'm working with a, a guy right now who we're meeting with and, and, oh, this is going to sound kind of bad, but I've had to talk to him first to show him that he's not a Christian. And I'm not saying that I, I'm not trying to, I wish I could say all the situation. I can't, uh, for, for certain reasons, but he, uh, you know, he, he says that he was a, he's a Christian because something happened when he was nine. And so I say, you know, what was that? He can't tell me what is the gospel. He can't tell me, Mm. um, how does a person become a Christian? He can't tell me, but he is a Christian. That's what he says. And so we've had to spend a couple meetings talk about, uh, mm, what is a Christian, you know, and looking at scripture, we walked through John three today and we talked about, you know, are you King? Are you, king of your life right now or is jesus king you know and thankfully today he he admitted you know that right now he's operating as king and what's what he needs is a new heart and so i think in any situations we talk about this season of of a person under conviction or um coming to christ you know we want to depend heavily on the bible and we want to depend Mm -hmm. wholly on the holy spirit we want to remember ryan that Actually, at the end of the day, there's nothing you or I can do to move that person from death to life. What we are charged to do is like what you've said, what you're doing with your son is read the scriptures, share the gospel, plead with them, implore them, as Paul says in Second Corinthians 5, to come to Christ, explain repentance and faith, and at the end of the day, trust their soul to a loving and faithful creator. And that is the hardest part sometimes. (laughs) I had a uh, former student of mine that had kind of a troubled and checkered recent past while she was still a student. And um, Mm -hmm. for some reason or other, we developed a very trusting relationship to where she felt comfortable. I don't know what it was about me because I wasn't attempting to even start this, but she felt comfortable sharing her faith walk and started coming to church at our church. And so there was a mentor relationship that developed. And uh, as she was wrestling with the various things, it was pretty clear that she didn't have a full understanding of what the gospel really meant and and the, the, Mm -hmm. the permanence of the gospel. Um, She very much had a, almost a law like approach to God. You know, she was approaching God from a, a law and works standpoint and trying to, mm-hmm. to get that understanding of that's not how this, that's not how any of this is supposed to work to bring back the Geico commercial once again. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, in explaining that and talking to her, you know, I could explain for months and months and months. The fact of the matter is she needed to walk into the word and trust what the word says and trust the offer of the gospel that God gives us in the word that if you believe and if she believes it's there, but she has, she has to deal with that with God. And I can't be an intermediary. I cannot be a priest. I cannot be an intermediary. I can't get between them. All I can do is, is walk her to the, to the edge of the, the, the courtyard and say, this is as far as I can take you. I I can't show you the rest of the way because what it looked like for me when I was a young child and what it's going to look like for her and the, the barriers and the, and the, 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 the fears that we all deal with and the things that, that the Lord, how he works in us is different each time. 
There's not a mm-hmm. there's not a set pattern in scripture. You know, you read in, just in the book of Acts, the variety of different ways that people came to Christ. It's clear that mm-hmm. there's not a one way solution. And if I try to make yeah. it my way, I'm going to get in the way. Yeah, that's a good that's a very good point. You know, and depending on the situation, I think it's appropriate sometimes, you know, um, maybe you just kind of keep hitting a dead end or you don't, you know, it's okay to give a person homework. That's actually good and say, look, here's, here's John three. I want you to read it. I want you to write out thoughts. You know, I want you to engage with it. And oftentimes you can tell maybe the next time you meet with them, did they read it? Did they forget? Did they work on it? Or are they really wrestling with it? You know, it's okay. I think sometimes, we, we can say too much, so it's okay to, you know, say our piece, so to speak, explain the gospel, implore a person to repent and believe it, and then say, okay, you, now you've got to wrestle with this. What are you going to do? Are you going to cry out to God for mercy? Are you going to choose to continue in your own way? And um, I think what happens a lot of times, Ryan, is in, a, in counseling situations, when a person affirms that they understand the gospel, then we immediately want to say, okay, well, then you, do you want to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life? And uh, I think many people have been led in such a prayer that while they've understood the gospel, they, they, weren't, they, weren't, gonna, they weren't really surrendered to Christ as their king. Yeah. They weren't really trusting it. So, um, so there's some thoughts on that, man. Well, I think sometimes we can also, as, as lawyers use the phrase, we can lead the witness. And uh, mm-hmm. get in and direct the questioning in a way that almost causes the, the the it almost traps them into a place where they have to say certain answers mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than asking an open ended question to allow them. It's difficult. <laughs> it takes it yeah. takes uh, self restraint to not ask those leading questions, especially with a child. Uh, with an adult, it's a little bit easier to to trust that they can put words together themselves. And with a child, it's harder to, yeah. to trust that and allow them to speak with their own voice. And, uh, you know, it, if, if God is working in their heart and in their soul to draw them to him, he's already in their heart. And so mm-hmm. asking him in is kind of, kind of like asking the, the guests to come in after they're already at your kitchen table, sharing a meal with you. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 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 No one. No one is denying that that I'm aware of. No one is denying that. Does Jesus is Jesus in our heart? Well, Paul talks about that in Ephesians three. So it's not really about is Jesus in our heart, so to speak, as what we're talking about is how does he how does he get in? (laughs) And I think as Stephen Lawson said one time, um, he's not outside begging. He kicks down the door, you know, and so. But he works through means, and the means that we're talking about here are the gospel, the proclamation and sharing of the gospel, and we do that most profitably when we are able to uh, to walk through Scripture. And, you know, other literature I think is helpful um, at, at times. You know, and as you said, we keep saying over and over again, but there are different situations. There's not like uh, one size fits all here because uh, people are different. People come from different backgrounds. Hey, Charles Spurgeon is trapped in a snowstorm uh, and he stumbles into a Methodist church and there's a lay person preaching and it's through that that he's uh, he's converted you know so everybody sort of has a, a different 
story, although there's some elements that are the same, and that and this is kind of getting back to the book, the elements that are the same is the gospel must be proclaimed, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit must move in, mm-hmm. in regeneration, the person must respond in repentance and faith. And so that may be expressed in a variety of different ways. An eight-year-old may express that differently than an 88-year-old, mm-hmm. but the, the core there is all, all, it's all going to be the same. Absolutely. And it's, especially the first few times you experience the opportunity to talk to somebody about the gospel, there's a, there's a thousand fears and a thousand excitements that happen all in the same moment. And, 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 you know, it's one, and I don't know, it might be that it it continues that way. I've, I've not been in a ton of situations where it's been the, been an opportunity for me. Uh, mm-hmm. with my son because of the prayer time preparation that I've been doing and that I know my wife has been doing and my parents and her parents and that I know how wrapped in prayer he is. I'm not nearly as nervous about it and I'm not, I, I'm not nearly as fearful about it because I trust in God <clears throat> and I trust. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. You know, and, and you know, when it, with the, especially the first few times that I experienced the opportunity to share the gospel and the opportunity to, to walk with somebody through this season. Um, I, I didn't, it wasn't that I didn't trust. It's that I didn't know how to trust. I didn't know how to, how to rest in. He's been prayed for the, the, the whole situation is before God in his throne room. God seeks to save that's why Jesus came yeah. and to trust that process and to trust him and to, and, and even in the individual times I open my mouth to speak words, to do so prayerfully before I open my mouth and to do so mm-hmm. to, to try to make sure the things I'm saying are so grounded in scripture and are full of the word. Even if I'm not pointing at a verse and saying, this is in this chapter, this verse, even if I'm not doing that, that I'm echoing the words of the gospel in, in different places. Uh, yeah. You know, that's an excellent. Go ahead. Brian is, is in all that we're doing, we want to as much as possible point to the scripture because the scriptures are the means by which God opens, you know, it's the very, it's the voice of God. So when we're echoing scripture, we are echoing the very voice of God in written form and um, we can trust, you know, sometimes we get a little too innovative. So mm-hmm. let's trust what the, what God has spoken in his word and let's point people uh, to the word. And even though sometimes it's it's just like banging your head on the wall, keep wrestling. You know, if people keep coming and say, I'm I'm struggling. I, you know, I, I think John Bunyan, I don't know how many how long it was, but it was years, you know, yeah. that John Bunyan would say, OK, I'm a Christian. Wait, I'm not. And uh, he, then he would go deeper into sin, and then he would come back. And so it's frustrating if you're dealing with somebody like that. But the best thing that we can do is to continue to call them to Christ, continue to point them to Scripture, and then continue to, you know, to look. You know, one of the things we'll notice if they're a Christian is not perfectly, but I talk about this in the book, but their affections, actions, and attitudes will change. Yep. Um, that's what the spirit of God is doing. Like, like you, uh, have already kind of talked about. So something I was teaching the, uh, youth Sunday school a couple of years ago, and we went through several different books, especially, uh, we went through Colossians. We went through first Peter, uh, we went through Ecclesiastes, a couple other places. 
And as we would go through and, and you'd hit a spot or, you know, maybe we were referencing something in another book and, and we'd, we'd cover a spot that was the gospel in miniature where in scripture, in, in particular places, they give you, this is the gospel. And, and they all sound a little different and they all, they all say the same things, but the, the process of, of speaking it is a little bit different. And the, the way your ear hears it is a little differently. And so my encouragement to them was to verse yourself and to, you know, there's so many different places you can turn to, to show someone the gospel. You need to know a handful of these that are different Mm -hmm. so that, Mm -hmm. you know, as you're in that situation, you can prayerfully consider which of these fits this situation. You know, if I'm talking to somebody who's wrestling with the born again part where they're wrestling with that, that, that I've got to become a new creation. All right. John three is, is a great place to go with that. If I'm struggling, mm-hmm. if I'm talking to somebody who's struggling just to wrap their mind around who is Christ and what's his purpose, I'm probably going to go to Col- Colossians one mm-hmm. just to open that up. And, yeah. or, and sometimes John yeah. one, even, you know, just to, to, to right. get it, the idea of, you know, this is the gospel. It's, it's all right here. It's the same thing. It's just, this is focused on this particular thing. And so to, to kind of be strategic and prayerful about how to do that. Yeah. The gospel it's been said is a, is a multifaceted diamond. It's um, and you can hold that diamond up and you can look at it from different angles and you're right. The scriptures deal with that, you know, whether it's regeneration or justification by faith alone um, you know, or propitiation or expiation or, you know, there's all various aspects, the passive and active obedience of Christ. These are all wonderful things that even believers can uh, revel in mm-hmm. for the duration of their life and never exhaust the and, least. And bit. we ought to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least give it a shot. I, I think that's all really good stuff. And, and, so I guess the the next thing to to get to is as somebody comes to that comfort level with recognizing that they're saved and understanding it, being able to articulate that, uh, what are some things? And, and as we went through our fruit of the spirit series, we were, we always looked at how we can support others and how we can encourage others. So as somebody is that, that new believer, what can we do as more uh, seasoned saints as it might be? Uh, those that have walked the trail a little while, what are some things that we can do to help them as they take those first few steps as, as they're dealing with the, the uh, infant's milk, how can we help to move them toward the more solid food, help them move toward uh, a faith that's better grounded, but at the same time, not like drop a whole superstructure on top of them and squish them underneath it. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, First of all, we got to remember that who God saves is sinners. And so if we're looking for perfectionism in a person before we can say that they're a Christian, then, you know, we've, we've kind of messed up on our theology. We mm-hmm. should see uh, fruit, but there's baggage sometimes, you know, because sinners come from a variety of backgrounds. And so um, I think we need to be patient and loving and just you know, remember those things, but, but suppose someone is converted and you're pretty sure they're converted. Well, you probably know me well enough to know I'm, I'm fixing to to jump right into the local church. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, if you're not, if, if you're, say, evangelizing out on the streets um, and you encounter people who you think have been truly converted uh, and you're and then you're not pointing them to the local church, um, man, you're failing. You know, you've got to point people to the local church. And so one of the first things that we would want to do with a, a person who thinks that they're converted and we can affirm that is to baptize them uh, into the the membership of the local church and explain, you know, what that means. Um, and then this is going to sound kind of cliche here, but I really believe it, and it's what I've already kind of mentioned, but we've got to continue walking through the Word with them and say, okay, mm -hmm. this is what it looks like uh, to be connected to the local church. This is what it looks like. Now, now Christ has control over everything, your time, your money. Uh, your your resources your and, and oftentimes with a new believer you don't have to really talk them into that they're like yes what else can I give Christ you know yeah. um, believers want to obey you know and that's okay to say that uh, believers want to obey Christ we don't obey perfectly but we do want to obey because because now we love him yeah and um, so walking through some of those core things and as you say walking through them patiently and um, on their level, and maybe they're not ready, quite ready yet, to talk about the differences between supra and infralapsarianism. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready um, to get into that. I'll be yeah, just, just walk through. Really, the Bible really is sufficient to disciple. Yes, and so walk through Scripture, and I would encourage more of a. Uh, you know, I, I believe in reading through the whole Bible in a year, and and I I practice that, but start small like yeah. when you mentioned colossians hey we're going to walk through colossians together and we're going to walk through it until we got it you know and i think in um, so many ways that that is something we we err on and what you just said that the the, the word is sufficient for discipleship so often we want to hand them a you know we want to hand them this book by this famous author and this book by this famous author and and not to to say those are bad things because those books are really helpful but Paul wrote and James wrote and John wrote specifically inspired the word to believers who were new believers in a weird place in a tough time dealing with trials and struggles. And that's the point of so many of those books that and, and to encourage those new believers uh, that I think that that that's our best ground to run to rather than to say, Oh, hey, John Piper wrote this, or you know, R.C. Sproul, or Bunyan, or whoever else. Those things are helpful, but they are—they're more like the icing on the cake, or the the rub on the on the the pulled pork. You got to have the meat that's there. You got to have the cake. The, you got to have the real thing, and then the rest of it is just flavoring on the edges. And and that's what—it's hard to to do sometimes because you want to get them started and you want them to get them to think deeply. And I think we think the easier way to do that is to hand them a modern writer instead of hand them here. This is Paul. Get to know him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's uh, helpful to walk, you know, walk through that with them. And, you know, sometimes books are written in that way in such a way to walk through a passage of scripture with somebody. And so, you know, right. as well, I'm, I agree with what you're saying, you know, books are certainly helpful and they're great resources and praise God we live in a day with with so many oh, yeah. actually helpful resources well, my but reading list is I, extensive I love, 
Well, yeah, I love what you say there. Um, you know, we can't we can't pick up so many books about the Bible and fail to actually read the Bible. And mm-hmm. so, teaching people, um, connecting them to the local church, and then and then teaching them. Hopefully, it's your local church, and so mm-hmm. then you can continue to walk with them. Um, and then con- teaching them, you know, this is what the Bible is. This is how we read it. We read Colossians different than we do the Psalms because they're different types of, of work. Um, but this is the very word of God. This is the word of God in written form. It is sufficient. It is authoritative. Um, it is necessary. And it shows us who God is. And so to disbelieve or disobey the Bible is to disbelieve or disobey God. Mm. And we just ground ourselves in the scriptures. And then we just say for the rest of your life, this is what we're going to be doing. You know, yeah. and today it's Colossians. Tomorrow it's Genesis in a few years, you know, whatever. Right. And, and you just keep rolling. Well, and you're going to end up and to, to help them understand, you're going to end up circling back and restudying things. I've, I've gone through mm-hmm. first Peter now three or four times in the last two years. I've gone through Galatians every summer for the last three or four James as well. And, you know, you can just keep cycling back to these things. Uh, I can't think of how many times I've, I've heard the gospel of John. And when I was in, in, uh, high school and in middle school and I had, my parents had bought, this was, this will date me a little bit. They had bought the uh, NIV on cassette tape. And, uh, so, and I had the big boom box in my, in my bedroom and I somehow managed to get all of the tapes for John and Mark in my room. And then we moved and somehow the rest of the, the Bible that we had either disappeared or was damaged. I don't remember. And, but I still had those tapes because they were in my room and my stash. And through those years, I just kept listening to John and listening to Mark and I've got those two books and not that they're memorized, but I've got the flow of them just ingrained in the, the, I can't think of the beginning of John three without hearing echoes of the end of John three. And I can't look at John three sixteen without thinking about the next six verses and then thinking back to the beginning of the chapter and how that plays with John one and then how that plays with John 14. And because I've listened to it so much, every time I read it, I've got that whole depth present. And every time I read it again, I add another layer of depth to it uh, where I pick up more things. And the more I pick up now it's starting to branch out into other books. And so as I read John, I might be thinking about somewhere else and to let them know that that's, that, that takes time to develop, but that's, that's where we're heading to where as you're reading in John, you're hearing Peter. Or as you're reading in James, you're hearing Paul, or you're hearing David and Solomon, and or you're hearing Moses, and you you, you start to build those connections. And man, yeah, as, as a as a as a first time as I was beginning to learn how to study, I was I was hoping to try to pull out these you know grand nuggets rather than just read through and understand. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you know I think what you say is great and. And teaching people to meditate on the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, to memorize, and 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 the scriptures saturate yourself in the scriptures. And we have more resources, you know, like on my iPhone right now. I, I can and I have listened on the ESV Bible app yep. to the, uh, the it's it can be narrated free. So um, I'm sure there's other apps out there like that. Mm-hmm. I uh, you know saturate with yourself with scripture, and then beyond that, you can listen to. 
good podcasts. Hey, like Simmering Thoughts. Hey, you absolutely. Can listen to, or, or the Rural uh, Church Podcast. Yeah, the Rural Church Podcast <laughs> or uh, our, our ThingsAbove.us. We're That's starting right. a, a yep. little roundtable podcast. But, you know, podcasts, sermons, blogs, um, all these things can be certainly a great supplement and really help you to, to learn and digest things. But none of that matters if you're not plugged into a local church under mm-hmm. um, under godly leadership. Um, because here's the deal. You can really, there's so much stuff out there, you can really go off on the deep end on certain things. In a hurry. Uh, and actually wrong ways. And so you have to have the leadership of the local church. And then, um, you know, uh, scripture saturated. And then you can move beyond that with, with tons of great resources, great books. I, I always recommend books by uh by dead guys are helpful too because mm-hmm. they're not going to change and so we can add uh we can add rc sproul to that i love the puritan thomas watson mm-hmm. um you know so so i mean we could do endless podcasts on the resources out there oh yeah <laughs> but like you said scripture 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 yep and and i guess this is kind of a parallel to this is is uh, understanding that there are seasons even within your scripture study. Uh, there's times where you're, you're mentally and emotionally and spiritually able to dig those really deep passages and you can take a paragraph and spend a month on it and, and feel like you're getting somewhere. And then there's times where, you know, you might spend a month trying to read a paragraph and you've just tried to get through it once because as you're reading, there's just nothing there and you're just emotionally either you're worn out or whatever. And I think one of the things we need to, to at that point, as we're talking about reading the scripture is uh, also walking through what prayer looks like. And, and this is one of the things that was in, in my lifelong discipleship so far, the where, where I've worked with others, how to pray and being comfortable with, stumbling over my words or being comfortable with long silences between my words, even in public prayer uh, and getting comfortable with that and being okay with not saying anything for five seconds while I composed my mind and, and rested and, and allowed the word to speak to me while I'm praying. Um, that's a hard thing to teach. It's a hard thing to learn, but I think modeling that and, and reassuring as we pray with folks uh, reassuring them that it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be like talking to your parents or to a friend and, and that, you know, you're going to circle back on things and you're going to stumble every once in a while and you'll have to reword things and you're going to say things you don't mean sometimes. And you're going to say, you know, all those different things that we do um, and that, that it's okay to take a, a piece of scripture and to say, Lord, I don't understand this. Help me understand it. And then to pray mm-hmm. each sentence as you go, you know, those are things that a new believer, you know, just understanding the basics of prayer and that, that you're not where, you know, don't try to be superhero prayer warrior in day one. And so, so it's a lifetime growth as we go. Yeah. And it's okay to plagiarize. And what I mean is absolutely, especially in praying you hear, I'm talking about plagiarizing scripture, praying mm-hmm. back, I know plagiarize has negative connotation, but what I'm trying to communicate is God speaks to us in his word, mm-hmm. and then we speak to God in prayer. And, and one of the ways that we know we're praying 
exactly what God would have us is when we're able to pray Scripture, you know. So so putting Bible reading and prayer go together. But you're, yeah. but you're right. All these disciplines, um, you know, prayer and fasting yeah. and meditation and memorization, all these are going to come up as we walk through the Bible um, together. I think sometimes topical things can be helpful. Uh, uh, I think all Christians could use a good study on the attributes of God, you mm-hmm. know, or, or, hey, a good study on how salvation works. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but the the key, the key, again, we keep coming back to whether someone is, you're not sure if they're converted or not, and you're d- counseling them, or that you know that they're converted and you're counseling them, the key is that the Word is being trusted as sufficient to guide you in these uh, in these situations. We've got the Bible and we must use it. And I get, I, you know, that brings up a thought as I, you know, thinking back on the, the class I took this weekend, uh, as I look back on it, there are so many of those writers that, that were mentioned that disagree with each other. And they're all old dead guys mm-hmm. at this point by a couple centuries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all disagree. And so what do we do as, you know, as you're reading this book, understand that we're not using this book to measure the Bible, we're using the Bible to measure this book. And this book is just helping us see things a little bit more clearly, but we have to see, does it actually say in the word what this author says it says? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's a skill, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, whether you, I guess that's something that often is going to take place more in small group type settings or in Sunday school type settings, or even from the pulpit at times, um, necessarily than a one-on-one type relationship, but you may be in that kind of a mentor relationship at some point with somebody where, you know, you're reading a book together and they're, they're taking the book as the scripture rather than the scripture as the scripture and getting that right. Mm-hmm. is really important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I guess as we think about the season of salvation, um, I think one of the things I I want to discuss, and this is kind of getting away from the heart of where the book is and that the, I shouldn't say the heart, but the core center of the book is probably what I ought to say. And also even to a degree, the core center of, of reading the scripture with folks. And that's uh, one of the things we really probably ought to be doing this during the season of celebration is taking time to celebrate or during cel- salvation season is to take time to celebrate with them. As, as somebody walks through these different seasons, as they start to learn how to study the scripture, to celebrate those victories with them, as they start to be uh, more consistent in their prayer life or understand how to speak a prayer even, to celebrate that with them and to be very careful to not be um, reflexively critical, uh, to, to make sure that our corrections, you know, as we start to direct them, that we're not correcting but we're helping to, to direct. And there's a difference between correcting and directing, uh, especially in a mentor relationship, uh, in a, especially in an early growth mentor relationship. Hmm. Yeah, I think that you, um, you know, sometimes we are so, uh, we can, if, if we let doctrine make us always look down our nose and, and, and then we're kind of misunderstanding because, uh, Doctrine leads to devotion, you know, and Absolutely. so we want to celebrate, as you say, you know, as we see people understanding Scripture, um, you know, give God the glory personally and even with them, encourage, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things that we, sometimes people need rebuke, that's true, 
uh, sometimes they need encouragement. And so encouraging them, them on little victories and, and looking, looking hard. Sometimes, it, sometimes you have to look hard. Sometimes you don't, but sometimes looking hard for evidences of grace in their life mm-hmm. and making a big deal out of it. Um, because, uh, that can that can be a help along the way, and by evidence of grace, I mean you know a person who once was uh, maybe sort of shy and wouldn't talk to people, and now now enjoys fellowshipping with believers, you know, mm-hmm. or it could be any the fruit of the, the fruit uh, of the spirit, um, you know, all all sorts of things there. Well, I tell you what, let's do this as we start to wrap up. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Uh, because you're going to be able to say it better than I am, how folks can find From Death to Life. I do want to celebrate something with you on that. Uh, I know that the first printing you have just about sold out, and the second printing last I heard was on its way shortly, and uh, maybe even by the time this hits the airwaves, that might actually be in. Uh, But I know there may be some folks who are listening who would be interested in, in reading From Death to Life. It's not a you know, monster size book. It is a really accessible level book. It's accessible in how you've worded it. I think it's, uh, in some ways it's, it's even better for, uh, the, the non-pastoral person to read it. It's really good for the pastoral person to read as well. But I think I, it kind of seemed to me as I was reading it, you weren't talking to pastors, you're talking to church member in the pew. Um, and encouraging them on how to deal with somebody else with salvation and how to how to look at salvation in their own life. So maybe you can you can kind of take that and run with it, but also give us some uh, ideas of where folks can go to find that, and maybe even to contact you online. Yeah. So the uh, the, the the book is about um, you know how a person comes to faith and. It's really written for the common person in the pew, but it's also good. I know of pastors who are using it, um, and I also know of, of small group leaders who are using it. Actually, I've written a, a small group study uh, to go along with it, a nine-week study. That's free. Um, you can uh, you can request the book a couple different ways. You can do it at the blog site I write for. That's thingsabove.us, thingsabove.us, slash from death to life. And there you can get information about bulk order copies, and you can also just contact me through that and and request the free uh, study guide to go along with it. And so you can do it that way. You can also find it on Amazon. You can order it on Amazon. You can just type in From Death to Life, How Salvation Works by mm-hmm. Alan Nelson IV. Uh, that's Roman numeral IV. And you can uh, order it there, or you there's also, it's also a Kindle version. Uh, on Amazon, you can do that, and then um, yeah, I've really been blessed uh, by by Tom Schreiner, uh, who endorsed it, Herschel York, mm-hmm. uh, who endorsed it, Nate Pickowitz, who endorsed it, some really great brothers, uh, Steve Burchett, uh, Jeffrey Johnson with Free Grace Press is the one who helped me publish it, and so man, this has just been a really I've been really encouraged by the feedback uh, that I've received for it. And uh, I'll tell you, man, and you just decide how you want to do this. But I'll, you know, however you want to decide to give away a copy, uh, you do that, and you get me an address, and I'll mail one of your listeners a a free copy. So I'm going to save you, you that uh, step. You, you tell them how they can do that. I, I'm going to save you that step. I'll send them out of my stash that I bought from you, uh, just so everybody knows. I've I've read the book, 
and I bought eight copies after I read it. Uh, so, um, I have a few here that I can, I can spare one or two. I'm going to give them away to some folks at church. I haven't had an opportunity to do that yet. Been thinking about and praying about who those should go to, but through the podcast, uh, we will definitely have some of those available. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it yet, but be listening and watching for our social media feeds. And that will give you a clue how we're going to do it. I'm not exactly, I might use, uh, and for those of you who follow me on, on Twitter, I like to interact with the redeemed Riddler. And I like to also interact, interact with, Hey, Mr. Neil, both of which who do, do different kind of puzzle games. One of them does picture puzzles. Uh, Hey, Mr. Neil, it's uh pixels, I think is the name of the a- account that he uses for that, but he'll post a series of pictures and you have to guess the word. And then redeemed Riddler just posts riddles all the time that some of them are, <laughs> really easy and some of them are insanely difficult and so what i might do is team up with them and the winner gets a free book uh we'll see how we do that i i haven't decided i'll, I'll come up with something and uh, we'll definitely do that so everybody keep an eye out uh and we will do that here in the next couple of episodes to give out a couple of free we may even do one each episode a free copy of from death to life uh i have them here and i'll, I'll ship them even because you know hey I've got the ability to do that and I'd be glad to help out to share, to share this book. Uh, and that way you have your extra copies to hand out to more people too. So that's always a good thing. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. So, uh, I do want to uh, say a special thank you to Alan. And I've, I've had, I've know I've said this several times in the episode, but on the way to Dallas for the Southern Baptist convention, I stopped by their house. Uh, we had been planning it for a while. We've been trying to find a way to get our two churches uh, to have an opportunity to serve together a little bit, spend some time in fellowship. So I swung through uh, and spent the night. And in the process, after that, on the way to Dallas, I ran into some interesting car trouble. And uh, Alan and his wife, Stephanie, lent me a great big hand in helping me get to a rental car and set them behind several hours in getting out and getting to Dallas. And I know we all missed a few things that first night that we were hoping to get to. And uh, their generosity and their uh, speed at which they and also their church members were willing to reach out and help some stranger from Indiana uh, was a great blessing to me and a a testament to the body of Christ and doing what it's supposed to do. And uh, so that has been a great blessing to me. The more I reflect on it, the more sweet it gets. And uh, and so I I do want to say thank you once again also for coming on simmering thoughts i'd love to have guests on and especially right now as as i'm the only host uh definitely looking for for folks that are willing to come on and guest host been pleased to have you i hope folks will look up the rural church podcast uh, especially if you live and serve in a rural area that's a, a podcast alan hosts with a friend of his there in arkansas um, and also things us that is a really good site to find resources and columns. I'm, I'm friends with most of the guys who write on that site uh, beyond just following each other where we're contacting. You've heard from uh, Michael Coughlin here on uh, Simmering Thoughts. He was a guest host a few episodes ago. Uh, and also, um, actually, I think he's the only one who's been on from that particular group. You had mentioned Nate Pickowitz as a as a um, endorser of your book. He's been a guest here on Simmering Thoughts as well. So want to encourage you all to seek out these names uh quattro what is your twitter handle because i don't have that in front of my nose right now 
Yeah, yeah. It's just it's at Quattro Nelson. So that's C U A T R O N E L S O N. All right. And I encourage you all to follow him. He posts uh periodically. He's not nearly on as much as I am, but I don't think there are a whole lot of people who qualify for that anyway. Uh so <laughs> uh, I I'm I'm spending less time on Twitter here at the end of summer, which is a good thing. I'm just starting to dial it back a little bit. But uh you can find me there on Twitter at Bandman Acres. That is B-A-N-D-M-A-N-A-K-E-R-S. And you can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, I think it's Ryan.Acres18 or Ryan.Acres.18 or something like that. You can also search for me. I'm fairly easy to find. Uh, You can find me, uh, find the podcast that is Simmering Thoughts on Twitter at Simmer Thoughts. Also on Facebook at Simmer Thoughts. And I believe we're on Instagram as Simmering Thoughts Podcast, I think is the whole thing that's on there. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, and any number of other places as well. Feel free to search us. Uh, You can go to our website, which is simmeringthoughts.podbean.com, and that's where you find every episode. Uh, You can uh, subscribe to us directly through Podbean, make comments, that kind of thing. Uh, And you can also, of course, do that through the other podcast catchers. And we hope you get a chance to listen to it and share it and make comments. Please send us some feedback. Uh, You can even email us, simmeringthoughts at gmail.com. We hope you all have a wonderful week in the Lord. God bless.